Welcome back, everybody, to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. This is Michael Kelly speaking. Uh, you've joined us in the midst of our discussion concerning 2004's Godzilla Final Wars. Uh, we've reached the point in the plot where all of the kaiju have mysteriously vanished, and what appear to be our alien saviors have descended from the sky. Now, uh, joining us for this conversation is Dominic Griffin. Of course, Dominic was the co-host on the Godzilla vs. Hedorah episode, an equally insane film, so we felt it incumbent to, uh, you know, bring him back for this one as well. Uh, so, without any further ado, let's jump right back into it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godzilla Pod War Hour. <laughs> Now, uh, I think a fucking spaceship shows up yeah. and just uh, destroys or, or disappears all of the kaiju we saw destroying the world. Mm -hmm. um, and then the uh, Akira Takarada's character, who we saw, we thought we saw destroyed in the plane debacle, uh, comes and explains that no, he was saved by aliens. Actual fucking aliens. Whose names are too difficult to pronounce, so we'll call them the Exalians. Which is, like, mad lazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, they're, yeah, here to they're here to say they're here to save us all, and they all dress up the way Kryptonians dress in Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. <laughs> With some clear visual callbacks also to uh, the, the aliens from uh, Astro the invasion of Astro Monster. Just corny-looking fucking posh matrix aliens are hanging out with a surprisingly stylish akira takarada who talks about how the aliens are here to save us and they're awesome we should love them and the united nations is going to become the space nations which is like the funniest pitch for a guy to bring to the un yeah and there's a moment when he says it where one woman is in the crowd and she's like that doesn't you can see her face going i don't know that really and everyone else just gets up like fucking space <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they just start furiously <laughs> clapping yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so I guess we're gonna, I guess the aliens aren't what they seem, maybe that's where we're gonna go with this, and uh, I mean, it's a tried and true trope, uh, but from that, you know, we stick with the aliens for a little, a little bit longer than you think we're going to, you know, we get a couple of scenes of the, there's like the alien leader who's like a wizened, uh, like the sage guy who's clearly in charge, and his like hot-headed, uh, weirdly, like effeminate, like kind of sexually charged well, makeup. He, he's covered. like that. That's like classic Japanese villain. You know the the yakuza are often looks kind of like, like David a, Bowie playing yeah, Namor like the Submariner. Yeah. You're, you're, you're referring to Kazuki Kitamura, who is the Zalian regulator in this film. He's appeared more recently as the Japanese, the son of the head of the Japanese sect. From the raid two, I knew I recognized that devilish grin. Yes, um, <laughs> he is uh, clearly the like the mincing Starscream esque second in yeah, command guy, yeah. and uh, just know, he's missing an eye patch. That's oh, like he's the mincing. only thing. Yeah, and, and they're just kind of you know having a little banter back and forth about like you know, master, why are we doing this? Oh, don't worry, might is not always right, and you're like that's clearly gonna get flipped in a fucking little bit, and uh, we go from that into. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie, actually, which goes nowhere. I was really disappointed that this didn't pay off in some way. One of the aliens is like at a radio station, and he's calling himself yeah. X, and he looks like a he looks like a 
Like a rock the, star? The, the pacing of that scene is baffling. It's just, it goes like half like halfway through the scene, and then just another scene starts, and you're like, yeah, what? Like I, you devoted too much time to like, just if, to cut away. If it had been a couple of scenes of, here is how the world has changed since the aliens have been here, it'd be cool. But you stick with that guy for so long that I was like, is he going to be like a good alien? Is he going to be like a cool guy? You never fucking see him One again. One of those guys is from Versus in that radio booth. One yeah, 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 he was, yeah. And um, really, you know, really kind of fun little scene. Didn't pay off. You know, so I'm like, now we're getting right used to the the aliens have invaded. They're here. We love them. I guess they're here for us. And then the uh, they also they say that there's an asteroid. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so in the middle of this movie, it's also Armageddon. Yeah. Um, the the aliens are are here to help us because an asteroid's on the way. And or no, they don't even call it an asteroid. I think they actually refer to it as it's another planet. planet yeah. that's going to hit our Earth. They're going to explode. So we have to focus all of our energy or some shit onto this planet. Which to sounds stop like it. a set piece in the making that and never paid it off. Never pays yeah. off. I got really stoked for like Uber Global Laser Gun that never gets fucking made. And yeah. uh, it's clear that they're you know that, that that's probably some sort of misdirection. The aliens are lying to us. I mean, otherwise, what are we going to do for the next hour and a half? And uh, that is, you're you're now waiting for okay. Well, what's going to be the fucking next twist? And I believe this is where the reporter character comes back into play. Who it was revealed to be the scientist's sister, and she shows them footage of Akira Takarada's character, the UN guy, on TV talking. And they're like, "But look at this footage!" And like, you look at the footage, and like, you know something's up with them, obviously, but you don't know what. Like, I don't like that this is filmed in a way where you don't get anything from repeating this scene and looking at the footage again until she goes, he doesn't blink. And you're like, yeah, I guess he doesn't blink. I feel like he might have blinked in that scene, though. I didn't go back and rewatch it. <laughs> I think he fucking blinked. But um, needless to say, they, they craft a smart contrast between the Akira Takarada we saw lovingly talking about his dog Clint and the very driven Space Nations guy, you know, who's like a fucking spokesperson for the right. aliens. And and very passionate in his speech making. Yeah. Whereas the, the other guy was like, ah, it's fun, I miss my dog. Right. Um, right. So they catch him, they just find out where he's walking around, he's walking around with some bodyguards, and the reporter's trying to talk to him, he doesn't recognize her, and then uh, she asks about his dog, and he's like, what dog? And then, out of fucking nowhere, some dude tries to kill Akira Takarada's character. Dressed like yeah. a monk. Dressed like a monk. And I was like, I hope that monk guy comes back for something <laughs> later. Who's this monk guy? And there's no time to explain the monk guy. Yeah. This movie no. is full of throwaway things that I want more of that there's no time for. <laughs> They're just sprinkles on this insane fucking Sunday. Who's that Who's that monk guy? Who's the monk guy? <laughs> so, what, the, what, like, I feel like there's a whole... Trilogy, society yeah. of like monks and he was the one there was a training thing yeah and they somehow got summoned that they knew that a character they knew the, the alien, alien. the monk like, you betray for this monk, your whole this life bulletproof you, monk exactly had to... it's like this is your one chance again it's like a trilogy every character in this movie could potentially be the focus of their own trilogy the I world wonder if there is that. an extended cut like <laughs> it was never released was it 12 hours long it had to be <laughs> was it a miniseries on <laughs> streaming only on Netflix but the the uh, Osaki saves Takarada because he's a mutant Power Ranger. That's his fucking job, I guess. And he has super powerful arm bars that he puts the guy in. And with the knife that he tries to stab, the monk tries to stab him with, actually cuts Takarada. And uh, the reporter's like, oh my god, you're bleeding. And he's like, nah, I'm fine. Fuck you. Leave me alone. Uh, then they go back and they test his blood. They find out that his blood is not human blood. It must be Zalian blood. Um, and that it, it shares the fifth... Uh, element the M base of, of their alien DNA that the mutants share and that the Gigan had earlier they were talking about. Gigan has the same blood as the Yeah, aliens. it's all got to be coming together. 
And uh, oh, I remember the Mothra twins mentioned. Oh, you have to decide. You know yeah. whether you're gonna. Be good or bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> another one of these throwaway <laughs> fake themes. I just wanted to say real quick, we we skipped over this. There's a scene where the mutants, just the mutants, not tanks, not fighter jets, nothing. They they fight the sea monster. They yeah. fight Ibera. Like it's a human versus kaiju. I completely forgot fight. about this amazing fight. Yeah, and that has never happened. That's never even been attempted arm with a gun. Yeah, uh, that's never been attempted. Yeah, that in sequence is right before the aliens yeah, right mysteriously they make all the monsters go away. Right. Uh, the the Iceman guy of the mutants, I'm just going to call him Kilmer from now on, he <laughs> topples the monster, right. just standing on it with a sword, like, who yeah. wants some? Come at me, bro. That's like, he might as well just had some cheddar biscuits with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there, there, red there's, right. some, there's some serious shifting power levels throughout this narrative, I think it's important to point out. <laughs> yeah. just, there are moments where certain people are helpless, and there are moments where certain people are ridiculously powerful for no reason to get out of a jam. And uh, yep, at that moment, absolutely. I thought, maybe we're overestimating the power of these mutant guys, <laughs> and then later on, they're just going to pretend they're not? They didn't just take that whole fucking monster barehanded? Um, but now we get into the, the reality that uh, the, the, the Takarada's clearly an alien, the aliens are probably bad if he's lying about being an alien, there's obviously some shit going on. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie, uh, Osaki goes to his direct superior to talk about this, and he goes to ask her... It's, it's, it's about UN guy Takarada, and she's like, what about him? And the camera, there's a lot of great scenes in the movie where the camera just pushes into these weird, wide close-ups. It's like an like a ongoing motif. But this particular one, it like aggressively zooms in on her as she doesn't blink. Which is, I mean, we fucking knew it was like, okay, that's how you're going to know that she's in league with the aliens. The, the not blinking thing is a fun little uh, device. Kind but of just, like the nipples in, uh, what, what's that movie? Like, Batman uh, and Robin? Of, no, Fist of Fury. Oh, like yes. Bruce yeah, Lee yeah, knows. yeah. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. You're Japanese. <laughs> there's, 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 a, there's a real feel that, I mean, like, I knew they were going to use some sort of device like that to reveal, because, like, it's just, it's, it's a trope. But the way the camera zoomed in on her and it cuts back to him, realize, like, yeah. pulling out, realizing, like, he's gotten too far into this. And he's like, well, I should be that guy's bodyguard. Everything's fine. I don't know anything. What do you want? I was just horrified that what Kumi Muzano's eyes looked like in 2004. Specifically the ravages of age, because in 1964 she had some of the most beautiful eyes of any woman alive, and uh, by 2004 it just, there's, what were all those blotches? <laughs> what was that the stuff? The passage of time. <laughs> some eye drops, for Christ's sake. Uh, um, we're rolling film. What's weird too is like like we said, it's 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 a series of little movies that could be their own movies happening, and then we get ten minutes of the body snatchers, basically. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean. We yes. play with all the tropes of a body snatcher alien invasion type movie. They exhaust all that. They exhaust all of that, and uh, you know everyone is in on it. What are they going to do? The the only person they can break out to save them is the only guy rebel enough to do it it's fucking don fry don fry who's been in in the brig uh working out yeah who yeah, apparently is even bigger yeah, yeah. um got all of those tits <laughs> and he uh straight fucking mercs um one of the alien dudes and in, in, in takarada i believe so we see them what their their real forms are which is just sort of like burnt Use Giver models, I guess. Then he brings the carcass to a talk show where they yes. recreate the end of Videodrome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it looks like. Yes. Uh, 
which is an amazing film if you haven't seen video. There's a lot of little Cronenberg in the sequence, though. Watch yeah. it immediately. But I was shocked at the prosthetics on Akira Takarada, how good no, they, they were. No, they were very good, yeah. Um, basically what happens is Mike Hagar comes in with the murked uh, alien corpse, and after the reporter has sort of outed Akira Takarada as at least if he's not an alien he's yeah, there's not actually a very long sequence about his dog yeah which is like, like kills really, the momentum dead it's so corny because yeah. we already established that she's right. not proving it to anyone and once she does prove that like this isn't your dog this is my dog I've right. got you the alien just laughs it off like bitch you have nothing right. nothing and then Hagar and, shows and up. Then Hagar shows up. He throws down the murked uh, alien corpse like, this is what you really look like. And since you're ugly, we have to assume you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most American character but in the film. But that's the leap. That yeah. is the leap of logic. It's like, since they are something that we, I guess, aesthetically, see, aesthetically are displeased see by. as something that displeases us, ergo, they must be evil. And they must be lying. And I, we I, have to kill them. I sort of get the idea that the deception means, means evil. But the, it, it, right. the way he says it, he sells the well you're it, fucking gross yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, now it's you like, must die. And it's because it's an American coming in yeah. saying it's like you fucking lied to us <laughs> take them down or whatever <laughs> you know, like. and we get this great great uh, scene of you know evil mincing starscream alien ha- takes his moment Kills his well. Kira Takarada's fucking head explodes. Yes, yes. after Don Fry shoots him. And, yes. and, and again, bang. And again, yeah. very, very videodrome. Just like pulsating, like, and then just like head splits open and uh, alien head in it, and everyone's shocked. And then the the older guy stands up and he's like, "Everybody, be calm or whatever." And uh, the regulator, the young guy, just shoots him in the head. Like, shoots his own, his, his I mean, it could be his father mm-hmm. in his head. It's just like, no, the younger generation is taking over. Here's what's happening. This is a hostile takeover. You are to be harvested as cattle. As cattle. Yeah. They keep using our cattle. Food. You're going to be, and not even like food, because they don't make it something they're going to eat them. It's going to harvest them in some way for their mitochondria later. Which is just like a weird MacGuffin, but <laughs> so saith the ruler of Ventos. Yeah, <laughs> so there's there's an odd, there's an oddness there, and then we get into some like legit, you know, uh, you get the like the little five star chevron of aliens dressed up like Matrix goons, and then you've got Ozaki and uh, Don Fry and the scientist and then the the reporter sister, and then. Don Fry says something cool and badass. I don't remember exactly what, but it's fucking cool. And then an army of the mutants come in. Like, I like to play the odds. Or some, <laughs> yeah, some yeah, poker yeah. shit. All right. <laughs> they might as well have played the fucking gambler. It's, it's, like, matter. it's like, I get her up early to shave this mustache. <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, he says some shit. The alien's kind of like, all right, whatever, dude. And like, the mutants show up, and then you're like, we're about to get like some crazy 30 guy versus 5 guy fight. False. The regulator uses his superior, M-base. his M base, the the, the M base connection with the mutants, and like psychically tortures them all or something, and yeah. converts them into yeah. his ways to control them. Somehow it does not work on Ozaki. Um, and uh, then Don Fry then have to run away. One of the dudes, one of the good guys who's on their team, the, the old head, guy, the, the head, head of like the the M squad or the Human Fund, yeah, yeah. the guy who's been training them is like, you, like go, you go, I'll you, fight all of them by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I will fight twenty five people, and only in a film directed by the guy who made verses, <laughs> yeah, that could that be like, oh, that's a legitimate option. You will fight twenty five. It's guys, obvious though. that he's sacrificing himself for their safety. But what's great is as they run away, the doors on that room are closing. Yeah, they close the doors. And you see the fight, an actual choreographed, it's not like there's a a couple of flurry of punches and kicks. As the door's closing, there's a whole set piece 
we don't get to see because there's no, other shit to move on to. No, That's the movie this is. You gotta go to they motorcycle. They close phone. automatic doors on action to show you different action. Because <laughs> there's, there's not time. There's no time. Like, if this was like some super futuristic movie, you could watch the rest of the plot and then on your like on your on your phone have like the the Final Wars app and you could have a second screen experience <laughs> watching that fight while the other stuff's going on. Like you could if this was an open world film, you could choose your own adventure. We could have stuck with that guy for another twelve minutes probably. He'd have lasted. He seems tough. Um instead we, we followed Don Fry and Ozaki and, and the the last humans on earth crew. Like they're not really the last humans on earth, but for much of the rest of the film they treat them as though they are. Yeah. yeah. Well they go to the Gotengo. Because apparently that's the one thing well, the alien. Oh, well, uh, oh that's right. You can't. You, we can't just gloss over the motorcycle foo. That's true. We have to talk about the motorcycle foo sequence. Not since it's so dangerous. Wachowski sibling speed racer have yes. I seen <laughs> such absurd vehicular violence. Yeah. <laughs> People but, using motorcycles as it's basically a cross between. The awful motorcycle fight from Mission Impossible 2 with the Doves and DeGray Scott and Tom Cruise. It's like that, <laughs> but turned up to like 11, and then like a wash and a sort of like liquid silver tint, and then uh, sped up. Like just like fucking yeah, yeah. wound through the projector well, at high speed. All the, all the scenes outside are totally blown out. Yeah. it's yeah. Just, I don't like if they needed like different stock or something I mean, and, and not just, it's not just blown out, but also like there's green screen work that feels... Like, someone could have put a little bit of work into it and just said, screw it, because who cares? Like, you know it's not really the sky, so what does it matter? Like, there's a lot of that. Not cutting corners necessarily, but just like, why lie to you people? Right, You know, you know that... That in and of itself seems like a bit of a callback to the ones from the 70s, where it's like, you know... And the look at the movies we're fucking emulating here. Like, Like, 70% of them were stock footage. Like, you know what a a guy in a suit. (laughs) Right, exactly. You You can see the zipper, eat a dick. Um... And the motorcycle foo sequence is pretty insane. It's Ozaki, again, fighting uh, his Iceman rival. Uh, Japanese Kilmer here is under the control of the regulator, so he's suitably evil. And this is sort of the moment of, of the, the rematch from the fight at the beginning. Like, oh, well, are we now going to see if Ozaki has the power to, to kill this man? Because he has to. And uh, he doesn't. He yeah. <laughs> uh, he beats the shit out of him, but like in like a, in a friendly sort of I still love you kind right. of way. <laughs> Again, not sinking the ship of the fans who are writing fan fiction about Azaki and his, his mate. Um, hey, it's gonna make me millions one day. <laughs> <laughs> so he they managed to to take him back to. He hits the brake in such a way where he. He spins it around and hits the guy in the face with the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> I just have to yeah. say that. That it's, happens yeah. in this fucking movie. It's well choreographed. It doesn't seem... I mean, it seems pretty ridiculous, but in in the context of the story, it seems totally legit, like logistical yeah. that... Because he doesn't... The thing is, he's not running away from his friend. He's actively chasing him, which doesn't... They don't need to do that. They need to get away to a safe place. Instead, but, he's like, well, I gotta fight my friend because he's evil right now. Right. Not because I think he wants to, because we, the audience at this moment, having been denied the one guy versus 25 guy fight for whatever fucking reason, <laughs> we need to see some people fight. And they figured, it was better than 25 guys, two motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'd wager to agree with him. I think that uh, the motorcycle fight was pretty boss. I'm mad there weren't more motorcycle fights in this movie. But again, that's. This. Godzilla Final Wars is an ongoing sort of 
baby rattle tease where they show you a cool thing and you're like, I could do this for two hours. And they go, no, 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 but we got other cool things. It's so. like fucking tantric sex. This is like trying to see how long you can go <laughs> it, without blowing. I mean, it, 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 because the way it does, because right yeah, after yeah, this, yeah, I will. we get to the Gotengo <laughs> and like Don Fry says, oh, by the way, there's only one thing we can do now. I will, I will <laughs> say this. Normally, I am extremely discomfited by Nate's sexual illusions in Godzilla films. <laughs> yeah. We've but always I, talked about this. I cannot, I cannot overstate how completely accurate that comparison is. This is two hours of pretty rough fucking that you just don't get to come. And, I, and, I, and, I, and spoiler alert, there's no actual moment where it goes over the top and, it's, and that's that. I mean, like, it just keeps you with this high level of tension until it's just over. I... I finished watching this movie not very long, uh, not, not not much longer before we started this podcast, and I still feel a little uh, unsatisfied, I, I must say. Yeah. Um, All the different threads are still going on in my mind, independent of one another. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm still kind of continuing those stories. We get to the secret base that they still have, uh, and at this point, we're about an hour into the film. And at this point is the moment I realized, all right, well, we haven't seen Godzilla yet, so I'm guessing they're going to get Godzilla. Which is, I mean, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. We all know Godzilla's going to come in at some point. But the way they do it is so brazen. It's just, these are like six or seven individuals need to come up with a plan to figure out how to stop the aliens and all the monsters and everything. And I, I do think it is just them, because the, the regulator at one point utters the line, We've wiped out your civilization so you don't get any stupid ideas. So Ex- I think it's just them. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think all these six people left alive. I, I still hold out hope for a Canadian Augustus Gloop, but <laughs> we, at that moment, you're right. You know, so you don't Which, get, I mean, that's one of the greatest pulp lines yeah. Yeah. ever can so you No, no, I love it because it says, <laughs> so you don't get any stupid ideas. Smash cut to, well, what are we going to do? Well, there's only one thing we can do. We gotta free Godzilla. Like, wait, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> the opening of this movie was about how he's destroyed everything. We had to encase him in ice. Yeah, but we gotta get Godzilla. Like, it's like that's it's, the beauty of the story structure and the whole best fiend thing. Because before, if Godzilla is helping us, he's a good guy, or he just happens to happens hate to yeah the other guys. With this, it's like we are so fucked. We have to get the guy that nearly destroyed us last yeah. time. And then <laughs> someone smartly says, okay, yeah, great, let's do that. He defeats the aliens, we somehow get everything together, and we do it. What What do we do then? And it's like... Like, Don Fry may as well have just made a jerking off motion. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> and just a raspberry. Like, who cares? He's like, you know, he, he might as well be saying, like, well, after that... <clears throat> point don't you understand how many monsters godzilla's gonna have to fight in order for that to happen that's gonna be awesome he might as well say that it's like be he cool. has become an audience member from within the movie at this point and I mean, his from, actions no longer make logical from sense. don fry's perspective he just got busted out of prison basically right the whole world's ending he might as well see godzilla kill a bunch of dudes before it's all over <laughs> and uh, thank god for that and that's Basically, what starts happening? They go to the, the North Pole, South Pole, one of the poles. Yeah, the somewhere all the ice is. We are. Oh, uh, can, can we? Yeah. Can we talk? No. Okay, go for it. There's, I'm sorry. Uh, there's these guys who are who work at the base. That I guess there's an entire base. It's called G Base, right? The base's entire existence is just that it is the base over which Godzilla is encased in rock ice. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if those guys do otherwise. They are wrestlers or something. We, yeah. we, we, They're we, bros. Yeah, yeah. We we hear the full length piece of music of uh, Masura Sato's music from uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Yeah, the because, dangerous jaw ripoff. Yeah, yeah the, the jaw ripoff. Angerous versus Godzilla, I think, is what it's called, and we have that piece of music in its entirety in the film uh, because that is the director's favorite Godzilla movie. So he was just like, "Fuck you!" In the middle of this movie, we're just gonna have this scene with these two meat bags, basically, and and we'll we'll have this piece of music in there because I but because this, I this, can. This scene could have been. Like, I like to believe that if Quentin Tarantino had made this movie, because th- th- there's a similar level of pop cultural pastiche at play, I believe that his movie would have opened here with these two guys just waxing poetic about shit for 12 minutes, and then Godzilla comes out. You know what I mean? Because the two guys, clearly, one of the guys is like, hey man, someone's coming here, and the other guy's like, accepted that the whole world has ended. Right. And it's finally almost has time like a to Twilight read a Zone episode. Yeah, he's like, well, everything's over, I just want to read this book, and they're like, no, that, those guys are coming. And he's like, what the fuck are they going to do? I think they're trying to wake up Godzilla. And, like, he just has a spit take, and I did a spit take at that scene, because, I mean, that's the reaction, like, that really sells that what Don Fry is doing is ridiculous. Because without this little moment, it feels like uh, an eventuality that we've just been waiting to get to the entire movie. That guy's perspective reminds us, like, no, this isn't something they should be doing, they should definitely come up with a better plan. This is just the plan that we want to see, because it's going to look cool, not because it's going to work. Also, ending that scene with a spit take, I think, is the only way you could... End it because it's the only acting choice that this guy could not fuck up. Yeah, it's anyone like, you yeah. can't fuck up spitting. <laughs> I'd like to believe that there are like multiple takes of him doing yeah, other yeah. things, like a hundred and thirty-seven. Take his takes glasses of off and take, you know, yeah. Take his grill out and be like, "What? They both have grills." I, anyways, uh, they awaken the Zilla. They awaken Godzilla. Gigan comes. Godzilla fucking blows his head off. Yeah. Like, just straight up, like, Gigan. And Gigan is, like, souped up now. He's, like, you know, 21st century Gigan. Godzilla fucking blows his head off. Yeah, he's a slimmed down Gigan. He's been hitting the gym. Lean, Uh, mean. Lean, mean. Looks more like H.R. Giger. A little bit, yeah. Uh, And he has the weird... I don't don't know Gigan very well. Does he always have, like, dual chainsaw? No, no, no. No. First he's got the hooks, and then he comes back later with the quad... Quad saws. Yeah, quad saws. Okay, cool. Um, so, so Adaragon baits Godzilla after he kills Gigan, and they go around and they go to Sydney, yeah, where nice. Godzilla meets ninety eight Zilla. Yeah, and, Zilla, as yeah. he is known in the Toho yeah. universe, the monster is just known simply as Zilla, which weirdly sort of retcons some legitimacy into the Roland Emmerich Godzilla film. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little, but. Bit. Then but again, they, what does Godzilla do when he meets Zilla? He throws Zilla into the Sydney Opera House and fucking murders him. Like, uh, blows him up. There is no like. The, and, it and is then he just so walks away. It's a total uh, squash a, match. There's no yeah. offense. It's just boom, you're done. And it's cool because it really does set up Godzilla. This this iteration of Godzilla as not fucking around. Because in this in this thing, he's not pointed at anything. Godzilla has woken up thinking he is still in the battle from the opening of the movie. So he sees the 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 the, the, the dick gr- drill ship thing, the Gadengo, we'll the Durango with, Doug. We'll go with the Canyonero. The Canyon, yeah, the, <laughs> whatever the fuck that thing is. Riggins, I don't Riggins, know. Riggins, yeah. sorry, sorry. Atragod. Uh, Atragod. 
Godzilla still thinks he's in the battle from the opening of the movie, so he just focuses all of his sights on the drill ship that they're all piloting, and is just going to chase it, because he's like, I'm going to fucking kill those guys. Right. Fuck this. You know, he is an issue in the passage of time. Uh, Don Fry knows this because he was at that battle. Yeah. He's like, Godzilla still thinks he's coming for us. He's like, so what? So we head straight to the alien ship. <laughs> because Don Fry's character from hour, hour two, I mean, hour one all the way to the end of the film is actually just... Uh, Dominic Toretto from the Fast and Furious series. <laughs> yeah. He only speaks in gravelly, simplistic truths. Right. Um, and, you know, it's very much his entire job is to say, we need a bigger gun, basically. You know, And, and uh, then Ozaki is the Paul Walker character. Be like, we got to take this to a whole other level this time, guys. <laughs> and, um, I mean, yeah, it, it really is just sort of like, they got a tank, you know, but like, <laughs> their tank is Gigan. Yeah. So. They, uh, the, it, it starts this very strange montage. <laughs> like I said, everything is a set piece. This is like a weird montage that in another story, this would be the part of the movie where like they're regrouping maybe or they're putting together a giant weapon for the final showdown. Instead of that, we just have this meandering long sequence of the ship heading towards the alien ship, Godzilla following it, and then the regulator just throwing various kaiju in Godzilla's path. And then Godzilla just like humorously decimating them. Yeah, the, 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 there's no there's no rising action. It's not that they get no. harder to beat. No, it's just they just look different. The 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 uh, the battles are so brief that it almost seems like a montage of fights from other movies. Because yeah. it's yeah. just like it is like so, greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's really uh, the the only fight uh, while Godzilla is on this war path that has any impact for me at all is when he's fighting, uh, when he fights his allies from the, from the show of movies, yeah. which is Anguirus, Rodan, and King Caesar. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only, like, fight that goes on for a couple of beats. And he doesn't kill them. He doesn't kill them, he subdues he, yeah. them. Yeah. Because and that again, that's a indication that he was their friends in the in the Showa films. Yeah. So that is why that happens. But he kills everyone else mercilessly. <laughs> Destroys Ibera, impales Hidora with Ibera's. First of all, fucking Hidora. This, look, this is how insane this movie is. Hidora was banned from the Toho canon for life. They like burned all the posters. Uh, they did the Fahrenheit 451 shit on that movie. It was just like what. But Kit the Murder comes on and is like, like, oh, like okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I want Hador, and they're like, okay, do whatever you want, you know. I so mean, it's clearly like clearly you're the guy, right? So, <laughs> so Hedora, this is its, its second appearance in, in a Godzilla film, albeit it's for like twenty seconds, less than twenty, like yeah. ten seconds. It's like you don't even realize, oh, Godzilla's fighting another monster because right. you know, because at, at this point. The uh, Gotengo meets up with the mothership ahead of Godzilla. They're, you know, plan to strike, but then uh, aliens flamboyantly beam themselves on board, uh, kill the cr- all the non-important well, personnel. We, we, we missed the part where they, you know, and we, I mentioned it briefly before, they have the end of Return of the Jedi for almost no reason, because yeah. there's a shield generator yeah. Yeah. where they take out, it looks like the core of this the ship. ship. Yeah. Which keeps functioning which anyway. Which keeps functioning fine. It's, 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 it, like, like, it's, like we said, it's just mounting rising action, but not really rising action. Uh, Val, Japanese Val Kilmer, who's like dying essentially still like from the fight earlier, you know, uh, we, we did kind of gloss over the fact that after the motorcycle fight, 
he asks Osaki, like, why'd you still hold back? Why didn't you kill me? And he's like, because we're partners. And like, like I said, every few beats, there's a minute where someone says something that's like, so it's about teamwork? Like, fuck! <laughs> like, it's like teamwork, but then it turns into sacrifice because he fucking suicides yeah, so a la wing into the this, executor. Dominic, this movie's about everything. <laughs> it is. It's just a smorgasbord of insanity. And he... They, they they destroy the shield thing, so then the, the, the dick drill ship goes into the fucking main alien ship, and then uh, they're preparing to fire the Mazer, I think is a real word yeah. they use. Is that, can I ask, is that a real word? That Mazer. was invented yeah. for the the Godzilla <laughs> franchise. That was like their, you know, Another was, word for laser, yeah, right? It's that was like, their own thing. Originally, it was these, like, uh, satellite-looking things that shot yeah, this. Yeah, it took, like, three movies for them to get it right. By the time I get to, I think Mothra was one of the first uses of it. Okay. Yeah, and cool. like War, was, War of the Gargantians. Yeah, it was War of the Gargantians that was, like, premiered it, I yeah. think. Well, that's just like, Have this you guys seen movie. Doctors about what this series has done to you? What? What? I can't, you know... I, I don't. Uh, Do- I'm my, my own my... doctor. No, I have diagnosed myself. With he- awesomeness. My, my, current, my current health insurance plan <laughs> covers no time in the hospital at all. No hospital visits. So, um, thank you, Mark Cuban. Sorry. Getting back to the. the <laughs> so we go from um, what should be the climactic moment, but is obviously the moment where the heroes are thwarted. Uh, the alien dudes, the aliens, just straight up show up on their ship and like we could have done this the entire time, which yeah. is like. The whole this whole fucking movie is just we let's just do shit, and uh, they kill everyone on the ship who doesn't matter, which is everyone on the ship except Ozaki, the girl, her sister, and the guy, the, the older guy, and Doug Fry, and Don, Don, Fry, Don, Fry, Don, Don Fry, who can't Don Fry can't die because <laughs> now we get into this whole thing where they get taken onto the alien ship, they get told the whole plan about the mitochondria and how these guys are going to harvest them. They vaguely imply they're going to make them all fucking crossbreed a little bit, like they're going to make them like cattle and they're going to make them fuck. And uh, I thought that was kind of weird, and they just gloss over it again. Not Hot. Yeah, not it, was, it wasn't. It was just weird because the mincing guy staring at them like yes. Um, and uh, at this point, we asked the question: Well, why didn't your M-based mind control work on Ozaki? Or I think Ozaki asked the question. He does not do it in the third person. And then uh, regulator guy is like out of nowhere in the middle of this is like one hour and twenty minutes of this movie. <laughs> It invents an entire new strain of world-building mythology <laughs> about how the mutants on Earth are actually the ancestors of the Zalians. Are they from the future? I don't get that. Possibly and, from the past. And, or, or something. And the Zalians, and then like every one in a million Zalians and mutants and humans or whatever, there's these things called Kaisers. And that uh, this is basically the book of Scientology. It just comes, here. yeah, like no, it really, <laughs> yeah, they... it really is. And they explain that Ozaki, it turns out, is a Kaiser. He just hasn't evolved yet, so he's like the one. Basically, there's some heavy Matrix illusion shit for the rest of the movie with Ozaki. And then, for no reason, at all regulator is like, and so am I. I'm also a Kaiser. We're both Kaisers. And you're like, all right, so and I we're guess brothers. It's up. Yeah, like we're 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 the same, you know. So there's this whole thing where he like shoots him with electro bolts and then he becomes a full on Kaiser but he becomes evil. Sort of a callback visually to Superman 4, the quest for peace with Mark Yeah, Polo. definitely. Yeah, a nuclear man with the electricity, with the, the electricity shooting, shooting yeah. Or the Emperor like shooting Luke. A little bit of an Emperor Palpatine Sith Sith lightning juice. And uh, he <laughs> he starts fighting his compatriots, Don Fry, who just doesn't care about anything, fights him back even though he's clearly like a space god now. Uh and then this is where the thing that the Mothra twins, the weird little pendant thing that, that uh, the scientist girl has, she like stabs him with it. Yeah, but it doesn't kill him. It just like and there's no blood. 
It, Weirdly, it, they don't like they imply that it goes into him. Yeah, but I, like I, they, she stabs I him in about the this. back. I while he's, about this. While he's I don't think he's stabbed. I think it was the roughly the same sort of impact of if you step on a Lego, okay. that, but in his shoulder blades. And I think that's enough to jar anyone out of anything, any sort of evil corruption stupor. So he stops strangling Mike Hagar. Stops strangling Mike Hagar for Vital Fight. At, at the same and time, Mothra is summoned from Infant Island. It's important for me to note that as cool as the upcoming Mothra sequences are, if you cut them from the movie, you like I mean, as with many things in this film, I suppose you wouldn't notice. Yeah, because no, it doesn't no. Mothra in no way. I mean, he. We'll get to Mothra. So, <laughs> fuck this movie. It's this is exhausting. Um, the Kaisers start fighting. It's I, I cannot get over the fact that we get nearly to the end of the movie before they come up with this whole fucking shit. One scene an hour earlier of someone hinting that this was a thing would have been fucking fine. But just, oh, by the way, you are this and I am that and now we must battle. So they start fighting and then Don Fry starts fighting this, again, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Uh, there's the regulators of the Zod figure and he has his own little sort of like Ursa Theora type girl with a sword. Sort of a go-go Yubari Kryptonian. And she... Uh, fights Don Hagar with a couple other girl guys. There's like some other dudes. Yeah. And for whatever reason, those Zalians don't seem as powerful because it's important to note for like the next, I want to say, 12 to 15 minutes of screen time, there's just ongoing fights between Osaki and the regulator, Don Fry and the girl and like her two backup guys, and then everyone else and a couple of other backup guys, and then Godzilla and Mothra. Versus Gigan and Monster X. Yes, yes. Okay. Monster X. The, the only the new monster. New monster. I am so Very glad that I knew that new. it was a new monster. Yeah. Like, I know that guy seems new. Because yeah. um, he he comes down from like space. Space. From he comes down from hell somehow. Yeah. So, that's what it seems like. <laughs> the hell from the and horizon. The, the he, hell from above. And we're all like, oh, thank God, a new monster. Like it's great to see the old ones, but there's. Uh, new, I'm making quotations because I know you can all see me, uh, monster that Godzilla continues to wail on, but then, uh, guess who it actually is. But wait a minute, before that, uh, before reveal the, oh, is revealed, oh, yeah. um, lot, just, yeah, 15 minutes of, of fighting, but it doesn't fighting, go anywhere, this is actually the only part of the film I didn't really like because... It doesn't feel like it's rising the tension. It just seems monotonous at this yeah, point. Yes, there's yes. just it's it's it, at this point the visuals and the and the storytelling becomes just like the score, just this droning noise, and you can't get a hold of any of it. It doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. It easily could have been cut down by like ten minutes easily, and, it, yeah. and the film would have would have I think been improved by that. Um, but at this point, the only kind of cool part of this entire you know orrery of of set pieces is Mothra coming down and like just fucking shit up mm, like yeah. in a cool Mothra kind of way like, yeah. they don't make Mothra seem really badass they make Mothra seem like Mothra's gonna do what Mothra's gotta do to save the world mm -hmm. Godzilla just wants to kill stuff and get yeah. to the ship and hurt people because he's pissed Mothra actually comes out from the island to do good and isn't thanked for it isn't nothing no. ever happens at one point no one I think even notices Mothra's at, around at one point <laughs> Mothra seems destroyed like it gets blown up or whatever but then Mothra comes out of the smoke Covered in flames and cuts Gigan in half. Yeah. And then, like, Gigan explodes. And I was like, this is all you needed. I don't need to keep cutting away to this other shit I've already seen. Right, yeah. Just this was the cool new thing that raises the elements, and instead it's just, like, lost in the mix. Yeah. 
I think that's all valid criticism. I, and so, I agree. That, yeah. the, the, the fight between Mothra and Gigan is my favorite part of the movie. It's um, definitely the sleeper. It, it really, really, really functions well. And then, you know, I mean, basically Don Fry overpowers the girl and those guys through nothing. He just does it because he just decides to. His, he's because of his secret stash, the power in his mustache. <laughs> yeah, and, and then... Uh, and then the, the Ozaki and the dude keep fighting. More and then, fighting. And Akira Takarada and... Uh, oh, they find the yeah. real Akira Takarada. Yeah, he's, and, 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 he's and, not and, dead. And Namikawa. Yeah. And they're alive. And, and they just, like, bump into him. It's like, oh, you're alive. And, you know? Akira, yes. and to Akira Takarada is just like, we escaped. It's yeah. like, from what time did you escape yeah. where... Don't worry. This don't is worry whole, about like, it. Yeah. Like, who are the, who are those fucking monks? What is going on? <laughs> so at that point, uh, I believe we get the cool moment where Ozaki begins to believe. He's beginning to believe. And he starts doing all the cool, I don't want to say cool, not even fucking lie. The totally <laughs> rote mimicry of the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and overpowers the fucking regulator guy I don't even care about anymore. Yeah. I apologize at this point in the story, I just don't give a shit. Like at no, this no, point in the, the film. That's the viewer's experience. This I mean, is that's where, my yeah, experience. I really dug it. I thought it was super fun. Everything, I was, I was on board. Around this point, I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Just kill Well, that's something. what happens yeah. when you get exhausted and when you have like 15 <laughs> like film climax worthy set pieces in a row after like the fifth one you have to check yourself yeah you it's should, just like <laughs> what you know if they there's so many ways this could have been better but you know what that's just not what they set out to do Kitsumori did not set out to make the best Godzilla movie he did not set out to make a smart Godzilla movie or an emotionally resonant Godzilla movie or any of the different things that the 28 other Godzilla movies in some fashion attempted to do he set up to make the final one. He set he, out to make his. Yeah, and you know what? He did a pretty good job up until this fucking abysmal, I think, third act. Let's just talk about the Monster X reveal. Yeah, okay. Okay, like, so it Monster should be, X Okay, Ozaki cool. does defeat the Regulator. Yeah, yeah he beats okay, him. So the, the alien threat is destroyed. A Regulator goes to every supervillain backup plan, which is self-destruct mode, I guess. Yeah. Somehow he can self-destruct himself. <laughs> And it's actually and called ship. suicide and the ship. That's actually called suicide. We <laughs> word for that. And uh, apparently, these aliens can't pronounce it or something with their foreign tongues. But I do that thing with the stuff. <laughs> so the ship starts blowing up, and now Godzilla is fighting Monster X, who was revealed to be Kaiser Ghidorah. Kaiser Ghidorah, who is King Ghidorah, <laughs> but with. Like, but with like a horse body. Yeah, like he's got the M base infused into him, which gives him two more legs. So yeah. he's he, he looks like a horse. Yeah, I wow. am so glad you guys explained this because I did not real. I had no idea what the fuck was going. On. I thought it looked familiar from my childhood knowledge of Godzilla. I was yeah. just like, all right, this is happening now. I guess this yeah. is the big bad. So it's like we were all. It, it was this weird thing because it's like, oh, this is a new monster. Yeah. This is something new, and this is gonna change everything. And God, I'm so happy that I'm watching this movie, and it's like. Oh, oh! Yeah, and this this is where the fight drops off. I, 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 I want to point out there's a, there's a very specific trope that happens in professional wrestling battle royales a lot, where there's a masked figure that you don't know is a new challenger <laughs> to the fray, and then once the person wins, he takes off his mask and you realize this guy you haven't seen in a while. When done right, it's really fucking cool. In this movie, though, like that reveal doesn't function the same way. It's yeah. not like there's a conspicuously absent kaiju you've been waiting to see right. Godzilla fight, and then Monster X turns into that guy, and you're like, finally, we've arrived at the climactic main event. It's more like he has more heads now. Right, right. Yeah. My, to, to, you know, backseat driving here, I would have had 
Monster X take off his helmet and just have it be King Kong. Yeah, Leg- that would have been fucking legit. Legality be damned. Yeah, I would have. I would have filmed it of, and released it in secret and gone to jail for copyright infringement. I had sort and be of like, thought that's the building... fucking final fight. I I think it would have been cooler if you built up to it being like Mechagodzilla or something, or if you waited until then to have it be Zilla, the '98 Godzilla. And then have him beat him in two seconds, and then just have the movie be over. Yeah, like, just that, just like, and and we're done. <laughs> and done. Everything was building to this fucking moment. <laughs> Fuck you, Emmerich. You know? <laughs> yeah. Roland, fuck yourself. Yeah. Who is apparently making a movie about the Stonewall riots? Well, I can yeah. I can only assume that like halfway through the like the riot scene, like uh, aircraft carrier is just going to explode. I hope like, so. That, that's <laughs> so. We get down to the moment where. Uh, Kaiser Ghidorah is sorry is is uh, a <laughs> the, the not nomenclature here. He's beating the shit out of Godzilla. The first time we're seeing Godzilla actually be manhandled, but not not, not decisively bad. enough to where it feels like real danger. Right. All the fucking schmucks I no longer care about in this movie <laughs> because of exhaustion are now back in the dick ship. And, <laughs> and they don't know how to beat. Or we don't know what to do. And then at this point, Ozaki's the one. So we jump straight from the end of the Matrix 1 to the end of, like, Matrix Reloaded, so he's got the power, and he puts his conduit into the ship, and their maser actually shoots god energy. And, and like, the two little things, like, two little sub-ships from our type come out and, yeah, it, and spin around. And, and create and, this mega-god weapon yeah, yeah. that serves to juice up Godzilla while... Kaiser Ghidorah is vampire sucking the life force out yeah, of him for yeah. no reason. He's apparently also a vampire. He's a vampire now. Yeah. And then Godzilla gets powerful, and then like sparks start emanating from King Kaiser Ghidorah because he's sucking too much energy from his powerful <laughs> god being. And then uh, he tears his heads off one by one, and then uh, hip tosses him by his giraffe-like neck, Yeah. and then murders him. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing spectacular. Nothing insane, just, well, that's done. And then, of course, because remember... What, what oh, yeah, they, Minya's in this. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. We completely, completely forgot. No, no, Minya is in several no, no, no. scenes. We don't, we, don't, we don't come to Minya yet, no. The first but have, Minya has been in the film for Min- over an hour. At this I point. will make a point to point out that Minya, who I mistakenly <laughs> referred to as Godzuki in my head the entire film, uh, shows up like nine times. <laughs> Okay, with a, a small boy and like a, a farmer father, and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Dressed as a caveman, <laughs> but just just hold up. Brian so, Singer's wet dream. <laughs> Jesus, oh Brian, so, no. So uh, we get Days to of future past. <laughs> we we get to the moment where the the moment that was prophesied an hour into the movie. What happens when Godzilla beats all the monsters, and then he still wants to kill us? We'll find out. Well, Godzilla is ready to fuck shit up. Everyone gets out of the ship. And you're, you're thinking, well, maybe we'll get the cool part two of that barehanded fight against kaijus from earlier. Maybe that was like a call. Nope. It's just them dramatically posing in front of Godzilla. Godzilla dramatically posing back. And then from the subplot, no one bothered to fucking talk about for the last hour because it was stupid as shit. <laughs> Minya shows up. <laughs> looking like Baby Bop from fucking Barney. All right. Just, or looking like Minya. Yeah. <laughs> Minya... Stumbles in like a stumbles is the correct description. Minya looks. I I don't even think in the past any monster has looked more like a man in a suit, like a child in a suit. This is Minya, just the Ally McBeal baby, (laughs) given corporeal form, uh, stumbles into the scene, and Godzilla is momentarily distracted, um, and then. 
like the, the <laughs> our main cast is known to say to Godzilla. And the old guy with the child who has been going on like a weird road trip with Minya throughout this fucking movie. <laughs> Minya tries driving at one point. <laughs> it's so bad. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, says, Godzilla, it's over. Let it go. Like literally just says, like, let that shit go, bro. And Godzilla looks at him like, fuck you. I'm not letting anything go. And then the old man pulls at his like musket. I don't think it's a shotgun. It looks like yeah. a fucking musket. Yeah. And the little, <laughs> this is my favorite part. The little boy, his son, stands in his way. Like, Papa, no. What's beautiful about this is the little boy is about three and a half feet tall. <laughs> Godzilla is a giant, and the yeah. man has a shotgun that he could aim in any direction it's, other than this a, child and still loader. hit Godzilla. It's a muzzle loader. Okay, not, and then... <laughs> he's not going to do anything. In a mirror image, Minya stands in front of Godzilla. Again, not large enough to actually block Godzilla's wrath against these humans. These two children, while precocious and adorable, trying to save the world are wasting their fucking time, because if violence wanted to prevail here, it could. Luckily for us, Kitsumura did not want to make that movie, or maybe he didn't know how, because he exhausted every creative juice he had left. There weren't enough squibs in the Toho lot. Yeah, they, they finally ran out of, <laughs> of kaiju squibs, so... They just decide not to fight, basically. Godzilla's like, eh. Turns Lucky around, and... walks off into the sunset... Minya and the little boy reenact a very shitty interpretation of the Western Shane. <laughs> uh, and then they walk off into the rising sunset. And they b- they borrow a shot. They steal a sh- like the the type of shot from Godzilla versus Hedorah. Hedorah, yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. So that right there, I think, is more of an argument for like Hedorah's rightful place in the pantheon of great Godzilla films. If this guy chooses it to be the yeah. last shot in the of last Godzilla, Godzilla yeah. movie, it's just like... You know, and then um, so then okay, so then we're left with our final uh, false platitude fake theme of the movie, um, where I believe peace. (laughs) I I believe one of the characters (laughs) says something to the effect of, "That's it, it's all over." And then Ozaki, who has not shown a shred of charisma this entire film and doesn't start now, right, uh, shares his (laughs) retort: "No, it's a new beginning." Right, and then it's fucking over, guys. We sat through two hours and five minutes of wild, colorful fuckery to land on a monster child and a human child stopping violence and everyone just giving up and going home because apparently the characters in this film are just as tired as we are from having watched their uh, trials and tribulations. (laughs) The human species is finished, by the way. There are two females of propagating age left. And And if if you have less than, like, a thousand, that's it. And Ozaki seems more interested in Don Fry, to be honest. And also, (laughs) I think Ozaki is a god now? Oh, yeah. Maybe he can rebuild some of this shit. I didn't watch the credits. Was there a scene after the credits where Ozaki, like, created, like, Paradise on Earth? No. Of course not, because fuck the end of this movie. <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, let's see here, uh, Thor uh, hits his hammer, lightning strikes, and the gods go into the... Oh, sorry, that's that's uh, Dust Reinbold. I always get those two confused. <laughs> no, it just goes to the end credits, which is a montage of, uh, you know, the, the film that you've just seen. With some sort of deleted footage, you get about a five-second shot of Hedora destroying stuff. Um, which was not in the film. Its its part is com- almost completely cut from the movie. But other than that, it's you know it's just a montage that goes on for the rest of the movie. Complete, and it ends on the the last shot again. So they show the last shot of Godzilla and Minya going off into the sun again. Um, so put to put this all into perspective, you know, since this is the last of the original home, you know, shown 
or homegrown Godzilla films. This started out as an atomic bomb metaphor, a a a, a call for world peace, uh, a call for the end of violence. You know, shot documentary style by a man who had seen war firsthand with a special effects wizard, you know, doing the best he could on, you know, Toho's post-war budget with Kurosawa simultaneously shooting Seven Samurai, to this whacked-out Matrix coke-induced frenzy of a tantric handjob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> It's a, I mean, it is a greatest hits album. I mean, it's like, well, do you want to be a Beatles fan, or do you want to just buy the Beatles one from Time Life and listen to that because it fits in? The, it does feel you know, a little bit the way a lot of greatest hits compilations do. They start off with all the best hits, and then because a lot of them are sequenced chronologically, by the end of it, you're just like, eh. it's like listening to Eagles' greatest hits, and it ends with that weird 9/11 song they did, "Hole in the World." Like, there's a hole in my fucking head when this film is over, and it. Uh, the end of the movie almost made me regret watching the beginning of it. You know what I mean? Like, it really... Like, they always say, like, if you, you, you fuck up the end of a movie, people will forgive a lot of things. You can fuck up the whole time. If you stick the landing, that's what they leave with. They'll be okay. You fuck up the ending, all the cool stuff just seems like a waste. Wow. So this is... You're sort of taking a negative... I, I, I'm at peace with this movie. I mean, I don't have any real emotional investment in Godzilla Final Wars. I don't Wars. hate it. It is one of the few that I... I, I own about eight... Godzilla movies outright on DVD, and and I the reason why I do own it is because I bought it as soon as it actually came out because it came out the year you know concurrently when it was actually originally released. So yeah. it's like let's get this, uh, you know this this Godzilla film, and um, yeah, I've I've watched it a couple of times. But it is exhausting. It is exhausting to watch. It is. Tired. It's entertaining, but it you feel like you have to Part sleep. Part of it is, I actually really enjoy Ryu Kitamura's style, and I, I, I like everything this is he no did with versus. the movie. This is it's not nearly no, as good no, as versus. No, no, versus. Let's but just say that. The one thing I will say is that... And I do think Midnight Meat Train is better. Too. You can tell that the scenes uh, that are not Godzilla or Kaiju related, just the stuff with the mutants and the aliens and everyone else, are really, really fun. Um, but then, uh, once that story runs its course and there's still kaiju stuff left i mean he wrapped it up with a kind of boring bow you could tell he didn't give a shit about that part anymore right i think if, if anything he was more homaging the energy and the the emotions he felt as someone growing up on those godzilla films than he was godzilla films themselves you know in a way this is his godzilla movie because that's what these movies mean to him not because he made the perfect well-referenced you know like tick off the fan service box version of a godzilla movie um, if you're into Godzilla movies, I, I imagine this is a little, might leave you wanting outside of some of the cool fan service moments. Whereas if you just like the passion and the exuberance and the sort of uh, just careless dedication to genre storytelling, um, then yeah, I mean it works. But it's all the other shit that just pop- there's just you can't be at eleven all the time. You can't. All right, <laughs> like the party's got to end. Okay, I, I feel like fucking Keith Richards right now, and not in a good way. I just feel tired, <laughs> like I just, like 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 a chapped cock just needs a fucking nap. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just there's just too much stuff in this movie. I don't want any more. Yeah, it's like they need to take ten years off. Yeah, 
You know, when, you need to sleep for a decade. When I when I watched uh, Godzilla vs. Hedorah and I, I did the podcast with you guys last time, like when it was over, I was really into it. I was like, I kind of want to watch more movies like that. I want to find something. I want to go watch Haosu. I want to see something of that energy and that Haosu, level. Haosu, eh? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Excellent point. Another Toho movie. We'll, rem- we'll remember that for later. Continue. And, and uh, I wanted to watch something of that vein. This is over now, and I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to <laughs> listen to anything. I don't want to hear your voices, my own voice. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to hear music. I don't want to look at people. I don't want to think. I this don't want to is... eat. I don't want to drink. I just want to <laughs> stop existing briefly. This is a staggering uh, omission from this man. Admission from this man. Uh, I just want to roll over and wait until nothingness envelops me and comforts me from the sensory overload of this film. Good good news, Dom. In three days, the new Godzilla movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, the the yeah. anger Brian Cranston has in the trailer, <laughs> and he's like, like that's me right now, just like I did this to myself. Yeah. But all told, I mean, it was it was a fun ride. It was a blast. I think uh, if anyone is listening to this podcast because they want to know whether or not to watch the movie, I do think you should watch it. Um, I do think you should like not watch anything for like three <laughs> days beforehand. Like just you know, like don't eat anything. Go to like a buffet. It's like that. Like you, right. you want to save your. Be ready for this shit. Do not go in thinking, oh, I've seen some weird stuff before, okay? I got some weird DVDs. No, you need to fucking go into this shit fucking ready. You prepare yourself, you train, and you you prepare your eyes and brain and ears for, for Godzilla Final Fucking Wars. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's... That, 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 I, I don't think we can go over that. That's I mean, it. That's, that's it. But, uh, that's it. Get the, the strongest liquor you can get your hands on. You know, just... Get a friend. I, I think, like, one of the problems with some of these movies is that if you're watching it alone... You have no one to turn to. Yeah, you right. have no one to... When you have someone to turn to... You need to watch this yeah. with at least two other people. Yeah. Because at one point, one of them it. will start crying from <laughs> emotional overload, and you'll all have to, like, get each other through it. Cuddle and, you, uh, know. you know... In fact, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, I think, would go well with this movie. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it can be said better than that. It is, it is the last one, and and Godzilla got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame after the premiere, or immediately before the premiere, which and, was in uh, Los Angeles, not in Japan. Yeah. And sadly, uh, Kira Ifubuke would pass away two years after the release of this film in two thousand six. Uh, who he was not uh, recognized in the. Those we have lost this year at the Oscars, and I was royally PO'd. I was just yeah. like, really? The, 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 it's okay. They, they left Darren McGavin out of Who? that, too. <laughs> the old man from A Christmas Story was not in the... We may be getting off topic. Uh, the point is, uh, you know, we got to wrap this one up, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, we still have the Facebook deal... Um, there's still plenty to cover in the Godzilla universe and in the the larger context of, of Toho science fiction films, so we're not going anywhere for a bit, and there's still, still a little bit of a piece to be said. Uh, I think there is a new Godzilla film coming out, uh, so... Uh, I, I believe there is. Yeah, yeah, uh, there, so, there's that uh, fellow from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. I, I believe. Uh, that was a, it was a cute... So I, I'm assuming this is going to be more of the lighter ones, you know, yeah. kind of like the 70s with... Godzilla's going to have uh, cookie monster eyes and uh... Dominic. Um, so yeah, we're we're on we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, Dominic, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I still write for Deadshirt.net. That's Deadshirt one word dot net. I'm pretty sure you can spell that word. I imagine it's a common one. Um, I uh, I do a weekly wrestling column there now called In This Very Ring, where I talk about. 
uh, professional wrestling as an art form, and, and it's geared towards new viewers and lapsed fans of the, the faux sport. Uh, so some cool stuff in there, um, movie reviews and everything else. Any any pop cultural thing you like, Dead Shirt Covers. It's, uh, that's what we do. We consider everything. Um, so uh, that, you can follow me on Twitter, at uh, Captain underscore fuck is my name on Twitter because I'm a child. Um, <laughs> it's also there's actually a story that goes along with that, but it takes another 15 minutes. Uh, I'm also for it. I'm also on Tumblr and everywhere else on the internet doing nothing with uh, with my life. So join me there. Join us that. where we can live forever. It's a virtual life. A virtual Neverland. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Godzilla Final Wars. Jesus H Christ. Yeah. End of an era. And, uh, definitely an end of an era. Yeah. Last Man in Suit Godzilla movie? Possibly. No. Possibly. Not the end. A new beginning. <laughs>